foundation is built on solid rock. Yeshua. The rock of our salvation on Solace Radio. The study that I'm bringing to you tonight, I'm calling Many False Prophets Will Arise. And they are arising. And they are among us. And this is probably the most serious, sobering broadcast that I have yet recorded. And pray right now to the Father that he will take this broadcast around the world to every nation that needs to hear, to every person that needs to hear, to all who have ears to hear what he is saying to the churches in this hour about false prophets who are among us, those wolves in sheep's clothing who are out there, very visible now, very prominent now, and yet so deceptive, so subtle in their tactics, in their ploys, that they could deceive even the very elect. We're going to look at a lot of scripture in this study, but let me open first with a prayer. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would guide my words. I know that I will stand one day before Yeshua, my King and my Judge, and give account for the words that I speak. I pray that you would not let my words depart from your holy scriptures that you would keep me on track and in accordance with your very word, Lord. Guide my heart as I speak. Help me to speak only that which you, Holy Spirit, want to bring forth. And let there be those in the nations who are listening tonight who will have ears to hear and hearts to receive what you so passionately want to speak to us about false prophets in the days in which we live. Thank you, Lord, for speaking through me. In Yeshua's matchless name, I pray it. Amen. I'd like to look first at Second Peter chapter 2 and spend a little time in this chapter because it is so pertinent to what is going on today, as most especially in Lakeland, Florida, in something called the Florida or the Lakeland outpouring, and the ministry of Todd Bentley. I'm so gravely concerned about this because I believe the Lord is so gravely concerned about this. And maybe you've heard about this so-called revival, and maybe you haven't. Or maybe you've heard about it and you're not interested. But I am getting a plea across to everyone that I can to say, please, get interested and look at what's happening there, and compare it to the plumb line, the word of God, to see if it lines up. I beg you to get interested in what's happening there, because somebody soon is going to approach you about going there, if they haven't already. It sounds very enticing. It looks on the surface to be very thrilling. Miracles, signs, and wonders. Miracles, signs, and wonders. And yet, whose miracles? Whose sign? Who is driving this false revival? Who is driving it? I pray that as I bring you into the Word, that the Lord will help you to see truth, and that the Lord will be the one, not me, not Kelly Ferrari, that I I would not be the one speaking to you through this broadcast, but that the Ruach HaKodesh would be speaking to your heart and to your mind. Second Peter chapter 2, 
But there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. They will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the sovereign Lord who bought them, bringing swift destruction on themselves. Let's look back at that keyword, secretly introduce destructive heresies. You see, beloved, there's no way that any of us would fall for outright heresy against the Word of God, at least not any of us who know the Word of God. So it must be done it must be done deceitfully, secretly, in ways that use a lot of righteous words and a lot of words from Scripture and a lot of words that get twisted and taken a, a bit out of context and are like the serpent that's very crafty in the way he words things. Verse 2. Many will follow their shameful ways and will bring the way of truth into dis- disrepute. In their greed, these teachers will exploit you with stories they have made up. I beg you to listen to what's being taught in these kind of revivals, such as were in the United States in years past, in Toronto and in Pensacola and Brownsville and now in Lakeland, Florida. I beg you to look at, at what's happening there in terms of what's being taught. It's experiential. It's stories. Stories about being caught up into the third heaven. Stories about angels and angels appearing and angels healing and even the worship of angels. It's stories about what these angels have done when they've appeared to these preachers and these evangelists. It's stories about open portals of heaven. Stories about being caught up and visiting with Paul in the third heaven. Stories. Back to verse 3. Their condemnation has long been hanging over them, and their destruction has not been sleeping. For if Yahweh did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them to hell, my note, we understand and know that he did send all the fallen angels together with Lucifer and cast them down to the earth, and put them into gloomy dungeons, it says in verse 4, to be held for judgment. If he did not spare the ancient world when he brought the flood on ungodly people, but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and seven others, if he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah by burning them to ashes, and made them an example of what's going to happen to the ungodly, and if he rescued Lot, a righteous man who was distressed by the filthy lives of lawless men. If this is so, then Yahweh knows how to rescue godly men from trials and to hold the unrighteous for the day of judgment while continuing their punishment. This is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desire of the sinful nature and despise authority. Bold and arrogant, these men are not afraid to slander celestial beings. Yet even angels, although they are stronger and more powerful, do not bring slanderous accusations against such beings in the presence of the Lord. But these men blaspheme in matters they do not understand. They are like brute beasts, creatures of instinct, born only to be caught and destroyed, and like beasts they too will perish. They will be paid back with harm for the harm they have done. Their idea of pleasure is to carouse in broad daylight. They are blots and blemishes, reveling in their pleasures while they feast with you. With eyes full of adultery they never stop sinning. They seduce 
the unstable. I have to pause there, and this is verse 14. They seduce the unstable. We need to ask, what does this mean, the unstable? Looking back into um, the words used for unstable in the Greek, we can find that the words used had to do with new believers, with those who have just escaped uh, a life of sin and just come into the way of Jesus Christ, also refers to those who maybe have even been in the church for a long time but simply do not know the Bible, do not know the Word of God. And if you do not know the Word of God well, if it has not been accurately taught to you and does not live in your heart by the power of the Holy Spirit, then, beloved, you are not able to discern what is of God and what is not. The Bible is your plumb line. Everything must be measured against it. We, we are told in Scripture to test every spirit and to test every word that is spoken and is taught against the Word of God. That's how the elect and the, and the very church is being deceived in this hour, brothers and sisters, is that there are so many who are unstable and still do not know God's Word and what it says. Verse 15, they have left the straight way and wandered off to follow the way of Balaam, son of Beor, who loved the wages of wickedness. But he was rebuked for his wrongdoing by a donkey, a beast without speech, who spoke with a man's voice and restrained the prophet's madness. You know, if you remember that story from the book of Numbers, when uh, Balaam, or Balaam it would be in the Hebrew, when he was riding on his donkey, and it says an angel of the Lord, whom we know was actually Yeshua, or Jesus, uh, was standing in the path in front of him. And Balaam could not see him, but the donkey saw him and stopped and would not go any further, and Balaam began whipping him. And the scripture actually says that Yeshua appeared on a very narrow path with walls on either side so that the donkey could not move forward or go to the right or go to the left. That's a picture that we need to see. It's such a powerful picture that you need to get in your mind about what it is when Yeshua comes and stands before you and holds up the sword of his word and says, Go no further. Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. This is the way. Walk ye in it. And he's referring to his word. This is the way. Walk in the word. Do not turn to the left. Do not turn to the right. Verse 17. These men are springs without water and mist driven by a storm. Blackest darkness is reserved for them, for they mouth empty boastful words, and by appealing to the lustful desires of sinful human nature, they entice people who are just escaping from those who live in error. You see what I mean? People who are just now coming into an understanding of who the Messiah really is, but don't yet know his word, don't yet understand his ways. Let me also add that I believe this refers to Christians who do not have foundation of Torah. Torah, the first five books of the Bible, known as the books of Moses, are the instructions and the teaching of Yahweh for how we are to live. 
the very foundation of how we are to live. In fact, for many countries like the United States, the Torah, the laws of, of God written in the first five books of the Bible, were the moral code by which our laws were made. That originally all of the moral laws of our nations, those of us who are Judeo-Christian in our beginnings, were based upon the Torah. And note I said beginnings because I'm the very first to say that I know that the United States and many of the nations of Europe that once followed the moral code of the Bible have now strayed far, far from it. And that's another reason why false prophets have arisen among us and are able to deceive so, so many. We have strayed so far from his loving teaching and instruction his Torah, his command. Verse 20, If they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and our Savior, Yeshua HaMashiach, and are again entangled in it and overcome, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then turn their backs on the sacred command that was passed on to them. Of them the Proverbs are true. A dog returns to its vomit, and a sow that is washed goes back to her wallowing in the mud. That is the end of the second chapter of Second Peter, and it is a very uh, accurate picture of what is going on right now in the world and in the church, because false prophets have arisen among us. I am on my face weeping, and I am crying out to El Shaddai to put a stop to this crafty, wicked deception that is among us. It's not as if we have not been warned, brothers and sisters. It is not as if it is not all over the word, the warnings that have been given by Yeshua and all of his apostles. We have been warned that in the last days, and I believe that we are in those days, that in the last days many false prophets will arise and will deceive many. Over and over Yeshua and his apostles warn us, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. You see, this scripture so clearly, clearly shows us that these false prophets will be using the name of Jesus. They will be casting out demons in his name. They will be claiming to heal in his name. They will be claiming to do signs and wonders and miracles in his name. And it will deceive many. And on that day when they stand before him, he will say to them, I never knew you. When I pray, brothers and sisters, I not only pray, Lord, I want to know you. I also pray, Lord, I want to be known by you. I want you to know my heart. I want you to purify it. I want you to give me clean hands and a pure heart, Lord, so that you can know me. Because you can't know those evildoers, those lawless ones, those Torahless ones. You say, away from me to those. 
And I can't bear the thought of that, Lord. I can't bear the thought that someday you would say, Away from me, I never knew you. So I pray for clean hands and a pure heart, because your word says, Who may ascend his holy hill? Those who have clean hands and a pure heart. And how do we get clean hands and a pure heart? Repentance. 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 And I don't see repentance in these revivals, beloved. I don't see very much of the teaching and preaching of the word of God, but I sure don't see any repentance going on. And in Matthew twenty-four thirty-eight through 39, it says, Some of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law came to Yeshua. They said, Teacher, we want to see a miraculous sign from you. He answered, Evil and unfaithful people ask for a miraculous sign, but none will be given except the sign of the prophet Jonah. What is the sign of Jonah? It is repentance. Jonah preached repentance. Jonah didn't want to preach repentance. Neither Jonah nor Jeremiah wanted to sound the alarm on all his holy mountain about the evil in the world and the destruction that was about to come upon the people. Jeremiah was the weeping prophet who did not want to tell the people of Israel that they were about to go into exile, into Babylon because of their idolatrous ways, because they had forsaken the God of Israel and turned to other ways and listened to other prophets and other voices. Jonah so did not want to go to Nineveh that he ran away, and you know the whole story. He gets swallowed by a fish and is in the belly of the whale for three days and three nights. What a picture that is. Amen. And then is spat out on the ground and knows and understands what he must do. So that is what the fire that is in my bones right now, like the fire that was in the bones of Jeremiah, that I must warn, I must warn that there is, that repentance is the sign we must look for. Repentance. John the Baptist came preaching Yeshua how? Repent, for the kingdom is at hand. Repentance does that just mean, oh, to, to say, I'm sorry, oh, I'm sorry. Repentance means a 180-degree turn. Go the other way. Run. Flee from the devil, and he will resist you. Be like Joseph. When the woman in his house tried to entice him to come into her bedroom at night, and he took off his cloak and he fled, he ran 180 degrees the other direction. Repentant teshuva, the Hebrew word, which means turn and go the opposite direction. Then in Matthew chapter 24, verses 23 to 24, Yeshua warns us, Then if anyone says to you, Look, here is the Messiah, or there, do not believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. That just tears at my heart because I can just hear the urgency in his voice. See, I have told you beforehand. I have written down all these things 2,000 years before you needed to know them. Even though it's true, there have always been false prophets and all people have always needed to heed these warnings. It is increasing in our time, brothers and sisters. The deceptions are increasing. 
They are all round about us, and they are disguised. They truly are wolves in sheep's clothing. So back to this scripture in Matthew. False prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. So if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or there, do not believe it. I want you to know that in the original Hebrew Hebrew manuscript of the book of Matthew, and if you're wondering about that, yes, they have finally proven that Matthew was originally written in the Hebrew. The word Christ or Messiah was a mistranslation. It was actually the Hebrew word for anointing or anointed one. And it should read, look, here is the anointing or there, do not believe it. Now doesn't that cast a new light on this scripture? For so few Christians are following after the wackos who say they're Jesus Christ. But how many Christians are running here and there to and fro after someone they believe has the anointing or is an anointed one? Conferences. Yes, revivals. Teachings. CDs. Order your CDs. Get them here. Listen to this prophet. Listen to that prophet. Go hear this one. Get on an airplane and get a ticket and go hear that one. It is believers who are flocking after this anointing that they think that they need to have instead of listening only to the still, small voice who will speak his truth into your life, who will give you all the revelation that you need. When you sit down with his word in your hand, and meditate and pray through the scriptures, and he will speak to you, and he will give you what you need to know. So many of these evangelists and revivalists talk constantly about the glory, the Shekinah glory, the glory cloud, the honey cloud. Have you heard all these terms? Jump into the river. Jump in to receive your healing. Jump in to... Get your finances, to get money, to get rich, to be to prosper. Jump in to get new revelation. Jump into the river. Jump into the glory cloud. There's not biblical basis for this teaching. For you see, Yahweh, the Holy One of Israel, is present in and among His people today through His Holy Spirit. His true glory is not manifested here on earth until Yeshua returns to reign in glory and majesty over all the earth. And there is not need for further revelation from Yahweh than there is in the Holy Scriptures. The Bible reveals everything that we need to know this side of heaven. In addition to supernatural tales about angels and stories, There's just talk in these revivals about visits to heaven. In one of Todd Bentley's stories, he talks about meeting the Apostle Paul and says he looked very Jewish with a short, trimmed white beard and had jolly cheeks and was a little pudgy. And Paul took him to his heavenly home and told him to climb a ladder that was in his backyard. And then a hole opened in the sky and green liquid started pouring into his eyes. And the next thing he knew, he was standing in God's throne room. These things are appalling to me. New Christians, for the unstable, they who are gullible to swallow this, it all sounds good, it all sounds like revelation. And the problem with all of this, 
one of the big problems with all of this is that there is a famine of God's word, even as it says in Amos chapter 9, and I believe it's verse 12, that in these last days there will be a famine in the earth, but it will not be a famine for food, but rather a famine for the word of God. And this is true, there is a famine. There is a famine for the word of God because it has not been rightly and accurately taught in the church. And now it is too hard because there isn't a plumb line and too many do not know how to accurately discern. I pray that as you listen to this, you do not come against what you are hearing by saying you have no right to judge Todd Bentley or any other revivalist or evangelist. You have no right to judge, Kelly, because who are you? The Lord says not to judge, lest ye be judged. But let me just pause and say that um, I'm not judging people. I am judging what's being taught. I am judging what's being done in the name of the Lord Jesus. There's nothing wrong with judging the biblical teachings of anyone. In fact, we're exhorted to do so. In 1 John 4.1 and in Galatians 1.8-9, we are told to go and test the spirits to see whether they are from Yahweh. And we are told to apply that test even to an angel from heaven who preaches a gospel contrary to that revealed in the scriptures. Remember that the Apostle Paul complimented the brethren in Berea for testing his teachings by the word. And when Peter was hypocritical in his conduct toward Gentiles, Paul confronted him publicly and rebuked him. You can find that in Galatians 2:11-14. Also, Paul publicly warned the church about two false teachers in 2 Timothy 2:17-18. Two, I'll back up from that even for just a moment because 2 Timothy 2 is another really good place to spend some time to find the plumb line. Starting in verse 14, Warn them before God against quarreling about words. It is of no value and only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. There it is. There's part of the plumb line. We need to look and see and hear. If, some, if what someone is teaching correctly lines up with the word of truth. And in verse 16 it goes on, Avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus who have wandered away from the truth. They say that the resurrection has already taken place and they destroy the faith of some. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription, The Lord knows those who are His, and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. Everyone who knows the name of the Lord. I know that Scripture says that no one can say the name of Yeshua or Jesus but by the Holy Spirit. And yet, I remind you again, that Yeshua himself tells us many will come in his name, doing miracles and signs and wonders, and he never knew them. They are using his name in a most ungodly way, because these are lying signs and wonders, beloved. Lying signs and wonders, not in accordance with the spirit of the living God. 
In fact, in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, Paul reminds us how the Antichrist will actually arise and what will bring him on into his power. Verse 9, the coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with the work of Satan displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs, and wonders, and in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth, and so be saved. For this reason, Yahweh sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie, and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth, but have delighted in wickedness. This is a fearsome scripture to understand that those who continue and persist in turning away from the truth and believing these deceptive miracles, signs, and wonders, they receive a delusion. And it's as if, how I read this is, it's as if Yahweh says, fine, I have to give you over. I have to give you over to what you have chosen to believe because after all, in the end, we all have the choice, don't we, beloved? I know that Yahweh says he wants that not one should perish. I know that the Lord says that he knows the very number of hairs on your head. I know that the Lord says that he died as a ransom for many, to the Jew first, and then to the Gentile, from that his gospel is to go from Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth. The gospel is to be preached to all nations, and then the end will come. And the gospel has been preached to all nations of the earth, hasn't it? But yet, we make a choice. We all make a choice in what we're going to believe, in what truth we're going to follow, in what we regard as truth. Consider this, Romans chapter 1, verse 18. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them. And now this is verse 20, and this is such an important thing to understand. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that men are without excuse. I really believe that what the Apostle Paul is saying here is that since the dawning of time, the Creator has been communicating with and interacting with His creation reaching out to all the people of the earth, all nations, tribes, and tongues, first to the Jew and then to all the Gentiles of the earth. He has been reaching out and making it plain, his eternal power and his divine nature, seeking us, going to and fro in the earth, seeking worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in truth, as we see in John chapter 4. So that in the end, Men who turn against him, no matter what culture, are without excuse. I mean, there it is, right there. And so I am going to conclude this teaching today with a a prophetic word that was actually given over 40 years ago, but is astonishingly accurate for today's situation. 
and all of the false prophets that have risen among us. Everything that I have given you so far in this study is uh, based on the Word of God and is sound and important caution. But I don't know that I've read anything yet that would so accurately describe and explain the false prophets who would try to seduce us than this word that I'm about to read to you. It is a very small excerpt from a prophetic word given by a man named Stanley Frodisham in Chicago in the year 1965. He issued this proclamation five years before his death, and one would wonder how could he so accurately have known 40 years ago what this end times deception of the church would look like. He could know only by the Spirit. I would just exhort you to pray about this. I believe that this word will help clarify for you how it could be possible that believers, that the very elect could become so deceived that there would then be a great falling away, that the love of so many, as Yeshua says, would grow cold. Second Thessalonians 2.9 The coming of the lawless, the Torah-less one, will be in accordance with the work of Satan displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs, and wonders. You see, it is so important for us to remember and keep always before us that even as in Moses' day, when the Egyptians, Egyptian magicians counterfeited his miracles and made their staff turn into snakes, just like Moses' staff did, We need to remember that so it was then and so it will be again increasingly in these days, in these days of increasing lawlessness, that the power of the enemy, the prince of this world, will get stronger and stronger to deceive as many as possible, even the very elect. So, beloved, I want to read this to you. I pray that all who have ears to hear will hear. Again, this is... Not scripture that I'm reading you at this moment, though it's based entirely upon scripture, but it is a prophetic word from Stanley Frodisham, given in 1965. It is titled, The Ways of Deceivers. I warn you to search the scriptures diligently concerning these last days. For the things that are written shall indeed be made manifest. Now you need to hear this word as if The Spirit of the Living God is speaking it to you because that's how he wrote it down is what he heard from the Spirit of God. There shall come deceivers among my people in increasing numbers who shall speak forth the truth and shall gain the favor of the people. For the people shall examine the scriptures and say what these men say is true. Then when they have gained the hearts of the people, then and only then shall they bring out their wrong doctrines. Therefore I say that you should not give your hearts to men, nor hold people's persons in admiration or adulation. For by these very persons Satan shall gain entry into my people. Watch for seducers. Do you think a seducer will brandish a heresy and flaunt it before the people? He will speak words of righteousness and truth and appear as a minister of light, declaring the word. People's hearts shall be won. And then when the hearts are one, they shall bring out their doctrines, and people shall be deceived. The people shall say, Did he not speak thus and thus? And did we not examine it from the word? Therefore he is a minister of righteousness. This that he has now spoken we do not see in the word, but it must be right, for the other things he spoke were true. 
be not deceived, for the deceiver will first work to gain the hearts of many, and then shall bring forth his insidious doctrine. You cannot discern those who are of me and those who are not of me when they start to preach, but seek me constantly, and when these doctrines are brought out you shall have a witness in your heart that these are not of me. Fear not, for I have warned you. It is possible that the very elect may be deceived, but it is not possible if you walk in holiness and uprightness before the Lord, for then your eyes shall be open, and the Lord will protect you. If you will constantly look unto the Lord, you will know when the doctrine changes and will not be brought into it. If your heart is right, I will keep you. If you will look constantly to me, I will uphold you. The minister of righteousness shall be on this wise. His life shall agree with the word, and his lips shall give forth that which is wholly true. There will be no mixture. When the mixture appears, then you will know he is not a minister of righteousness. The deceivers speak first the truth and then error to cover their own sins which they love. Therefore I exhort and command you to study the scriptures relative to seducing spirits, for this is one of the great dangers of these last days. I desire you to be firmly established in my word and not in the personalities of men, that you will not be moved as so many shall be moved. I would keep you in the paths of righteousness. Take heed to yourselves and follow not the seducing spirits that are already manifesting themselves. Diligently inquire of me when you hear something that you have not seen in the word, and do not hold people's persons in admiration, for it is by this very method that Satan will hold many of my people. Father God, I thank you for this word that I believe that you delivered through a man over forty years ago only to have it emerge in this day when we need it more than ever. Father, I speak against these seducing spirits, and I bind them from all who are seeking the true Holy Spirit that you have sent to teach us truth, to guide us, to walk in your path, to stay on the straight and the narrow path, and not turn to the left or to the right. Lord, give us keen discernment. Give us wisdom, knowledge, and revelation. Give us the foundation of your Torah. Help us to be faithful to study it. For in this way we will begin to know you, to know your character, to know your ways. And that all that, line, that does not line up with your ways and your commands, Lord, is not of you. Lord, I pray that we would not follow after seducing spirits, such as Oprah Winfrey who would lead us into deceptive ways, like she calls the secret, and the course on miracles, and these other deceptions, O oh God, that are being introduced in, across all the world through her influence and her power. I bind those spirits in the name of Yeshua. Lord, I bind the spirits that are in these false revivals. I bind demonic angels from manifesting themselves in these revivals and doing miracles that would counterfeit the true miracles of healing that you want to bring and do bring every day into the earth. Yeshua, please let us never lose sight of the fact that every day you do miracles in and amongst us and that the true revival is in the repentance of our hearts 
The true revival is in those of us, Lord, who are on our faces before you, seeking to be set apart, seeking to be crucified with you, so that it is not we who live, but you who lives in us. We who are unappreciated, unknown, who are nameless and faceless, Not those, Lord, who lift themselves up and exalt themselves and glorify themselves and seek to build their own kingdom, but rather those, Lord, who quietly bring your love, your love, Yeshua, Lord Jesus, who bring your love to others into the world quietly, unobtrusively, with joy. Those who are hidden away, those who are separate, set apart, kadosh and holy. Thank you for those, Lord. Thank you that you keep us. Thank you that you protect us. Protect us evermore. Protect me, Lord, as I bring this word onto the radio and across the airwaves to all the nations. I know that the enemy won't be very happy with this message, and for that I give you praise and honor and glory. Make us bold to sound an alarm on all your holy mountain, Lord, that even as you called, Joel to do, Lord, the prophet Joel, long ago to sound the alarm on all your holy mountain, to blow a trumpet in Zion, and to warn, to warn us about these days, Lord, about the wolves in sheep's clothing and about the false prophets that would be among us. So make us bold to sound the alarm, Lord, and to warn the people, so that not so many would be deceived, Lord, as are being deceived by these false revivals. Oh, Father, I I just pray your word back to you. I just pray your word back to you, Lord. You have said that afterward you would pour out your spirit on all people, that your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see vision. And that even on your servants, both men and women, you will pour out your spirit in those days. That you will show your wonders in the heavens and on the earth. Blood and fire and billows of smoke. That the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And that everyone who calls on your true name, the name of Yeshua HaMashiach, will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Yerushalayim, Jerusalem, your city, there will be deliverance. For, Lord, that is the city where you have put your name. That is the city that you call your city, the city of the great king, son of David. And so we cry out, Maranatha, come quickly. Yeshua, come. Come quickly, Lord, and bind up every false spirit that would come and deceive deceive and kill and steal and destroy. For, Lord, we know and believe that your kingdom is at hand, and it is within us. And it is the power of your Ruach HaKodesh, your Holy Spirit, that lives and dwells in us. In you we live and we move and we have our being. So now, Father, I pray that every teaching that we hear from this moment on, we will measure against the plumb line of your Holy Word, and we will not depart from it. We praise you. We give you all the glory, for the glory is yours. In the name of Yeshua. Amen. Thanks for stopping by the Solace Radio community and our new YouTube channel. 
subscribe to our channel, share the teaching with friends, hit the like button, do all the regular stuff. It helps us rise in the YouTube universe, enabling us to reach those who need comfort and solace. Comment too. We read all comments from the community and try and answer them in at least 24 hours. Once again, thank you for listening to the word. We pray you are blessed by the teaching you just heard. If so, check out the links in the description for more info.